Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, it's Johnny FD, and welcome to episode 240 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am sitting here in Chiang Mai, Thailand with Felipe Casaras, as I say? Uh, Casaras. Casaras. Yeah. Where's that from? Uh, my dad is from Uruguay. Oh, wow. And I'm kind of, yeah, my mom is from England uh, and I'm Canadian. So it's like a little bit of a weird yeah. mix and, and nobody ever, ever knows yeah. how to say my name or like where I come from. So it's kind of just been a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And you're living in Thailand now or you've been here in Thailand for a long time. Yeah, I've been in Thailand uh, on and off since uh, 2016, man. Yeah, and we met back then, right? We definitely met. I think we met here. In Chiang Mai? Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember how we met? I do. It's really funny because I came with... Uh, with a girlfriend of mine at the time and I was on Instagram, I think like the first or second day and somebody commented on your post saying, hey man, I just wanted to say like, I'm in town, I've been following your stuff for a while and then you said to him like, oh dude, like we're going to lunch, let's meet at a uh, pun space and then we'll go and I was like, oh shit, shit, like I commented the same thing and you were like, hey man, you should join too and the crazy thing about that is, I don't know if you remember this but like, I met my business partners today on that day Oh, at, at Salad Concept. Wow. So like you have been like a big connector for me, like directly and indirectly. So it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's super cool. And you know what? Actually, what's really, really cool is I've heard this story so many times. Right. It's not normally over like lunch at Salad Concept. Right. It's always like the Nomad Summit or the Nomad Coffee Club or just right. kind of like one of the events I put together. And I think that makes it really rewarding to spend the time to do these things. Hell yeah, man. I think... Uh... I got to give it up to you, man, because I think that you're one of the main reasons why I actually came out here. So the fact that it all serendipitously worked out for me is, is amazing. Wait, wait, wait. You said that you were out here already. So did you already no, like, no, no. follow me or? I was following you. Oh, okay. I had like, I was following you probably for like a year, maybe a little bit less. Uh, obviously bought Dropship Lifestyle. Um, and then I came out here. And then that's when I was on your Instagram the day I got here, and that's how that all happened. Okay, that, well, that's cool. I thought I was at first. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just some random Instagram you had found, <laughs> <laughs> like to find you on like some digital nomad hashtag or something. Yeah. No, but I think what's cool about Chiang Mai is that continues to happen, you know, right. and not necessarily just with me, but there's a lot of people now putting together events. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that everyone for some reason chooses to have the event on Friday like evening. And I'm like, just put it on a different day. Just you know? any day except Friday, please. Yeah. Maybe not sa Maybe not Saturday either. Well, I mean, like, if there's no event on Saturday, that's fine. Go ahead, all right? But the Nomad Coffee Club has been going on for four years now. Wait, so that transition, right? Yeah. Like, that transition, because you used to run that. Yeah. So who's, who's running it now? So what's really nice is it's community run, where, uh -huh. you know, every time I'm in town, I'll hop out with it. But when I leave, someone else takes over. And the, the only rules for the Nomad Coffee Club is it meets every Friday between 4 and 7, and there's a different talk every week. And, you know, there's no pitches, there's no selling. It's just right. someone who wants to share knowledge, you know, someone who's actually successful. So not someone who, you know, just started out, you know, or right. is some business coach and they've never had a business. Right. <laughs> but just someone who has some kind of knowledge to share, you know, and they just do like a, you know, 30-minute talk or an hour talk. And then it's just a way for people to network as well. Yeah. And I, I'm really, really happy actually to see that it continues to run even when I'm not here. Not because I get anything out of it. It's always been free, but it's a it's a way first off to get people together, especially new people who just arrived. They right. haven't met their business partners yet. They haven't met nomad friends yet. Right. And just I, I like having it be 
something like a reason to come to Chiang Mai right. and reason to stay in Chiang Mai. Yeah, it's almost like a legacy thing, right, for you. I mean, like you started that thing, and now it's kind of like running on its own, which is pretty sweet. I think I remember going to like one of the when I first arrived. There was I went to one, and uh, I mean, you you get exposed to like a lot of ideas out here. You know, there's like a lot of people from a lot of different places with a lot of different yeah crazy ideas. And I think the the first one I went to was a little like too woo woo for me. It was like a guy who was like telepathic or something like that uh, and it kind of was like i was like what what <laughs> like is that what this is all like is that what happens here but then i've been to some others and it's like how to sell your business how to scale your business how to use digital um social media marketing to grow your business stuff like that so like really helpful things yeah i'm sorry about that woo one i, I definitely didn't approve that one <laughs> you guys, do you remember did. i don't i don't remember it i, I don't know if I, was i there I don't even know if I want to say the name, but I feel like I remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I think it was uh, Alistar or Allison, something like that. Was he was a guy or a girl? It was a dude who he was he he could like cure like disease and stuff. What? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I, I dude. Must not have been there. Maybe you weren't there. I don't know. It was a little bit. Yeah, it was like a little bit left field for me. And it was like I. Had, it was the first one I went to. So I was a little confused. Yeah. But like people, like there was a guy in the crowd. He's like. I worked in Wall Street, and he's like, whenever you hear something that's too good to be true, it probably is. Like, people yeah. were, like, not feeling it. So okay. it was an interesting day. Yeah. Well, it sounds like something that probably happens in Bali every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely happens in Bali. Actually, so the the number one thing I don't like about Bali is people there are a bit too supportive. Okay. Which doesn't sound like a bad thing, but it's a bad thing if you have terrible ideas, but people support you anyways. You like, you, like people are not – they just don't have the guts to tell you like your idea sucks. No, it's just that – I think it's that it, – the, the reason why people go to Bali is it's because it's super woo-woo, super spiritual, super right. encouraging, super safe space. So let's say you know, you're know you this woo-woo guy and you're like, well, I have this idea. I think I'm telepathic and I want to be a te- telepathic business coach and tell people their future. And even though this guy had never had a business in his life, right. probably isn't actually telepathic, right? Right. To be honest, everyone there would say, that's a great idea. You should own your <laughs> you. You know, you deserve it. You're amazing. You know, like, you should package this with my colonic course. Yeah, we could sell it. We could upsell it together. Yeah. I, and then, yeah, and then let's just take really beautiful, let's, let's go take really beautiful photos around Bali and, right. you know, get a bunch of followers on Instagram. Then we could sell this thing. And, and that's kind of just like, and when I'm when I was in Bali, I would I was like, is everyone insane? <laughs> like, like this is your business plan? And I'm actually surprised that that happened at the Nomad Coffee Club because, like, I think out of like you know hundreds of talks, even though I wasn't there every week, like from what I, you know, like they, they normally try to keep it pretty realistic, like you know? businessy, like businessy, like like here's a skill you can learn. This is how you design right. photos using Canva. Okay. <laughs> this is how you run Facebook ads. You know, right, right, right. But I guess every once in a while something slips through. But it's cool because there's the other nomads there that afterwards they can even discuss it and be yeah. like, okay, is, is that actually something like that's a good idea? Yeah. You know? As- aside from the woo-woo stuff of Bali, like I went to Bali and like there's just a couple things I really disliked about it. Um, but there's also like some, it's obviously beautiful. If you like to surf, it's amazing. Um, but the driving is insane compared to Chiang Mai for sure. And I think like the first time I put my debit card into an ATM machine, I got scammed. Yeah, yeah. Like so it, many people get scammed. It's yeah. literally one in four people I know get their credit cards or ATM cards cloned. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't withdraw cash. I had to borrow cash from a friend. I think because I yeah we, I went down there for the the dropshipping conference. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I think that's yeah. I think we were there together actually. 
Yeah, and, and the thing that really annoys me the most, even, is when bad things do happen. People say, you know, oh, this is so nice. It's a gift from Mother Bali to <laughs> remind you that money isn't important, or to yeah, know, to make connections with your friends. Like, like no, dude, you got scammed. It sucks. <laughs> you know, or if you get into a bike accident, same thing. Right? Really? Like everyone's like, oh, you know, this is fate telling like to slow down, you know, to not work, you know, to value life. Right. And you know what? Maybe all that is true, right? Yeah, maybe. But it, it also. Oh, it's also like, are you guys serious? You know, like this is the way that you look at life is everything, all these bad things happen, but because it's so beautiful, you just make excuses on why Mother Bali is providing. Well, I saw like a, this guy's YouTube channel I follow and they have, um, their, their villa got robbed and they were building out like this big podcast thing. And then every, all their, all their cameras, all their mics got stolen. Right. And they were like, they said exactly kind of what you said. Like, this is a gift. We have to get back to our roots and just use like iPhones yeah, and like you, go back coconuts. to how we started. Yeah, <laughs> go back to our regular stuff on paper. Yeah, and actually, the thing that happened just very recently, there was this uh, this girl who was all over Facebook because she had like she gone missing, and the she was British, so there was like some British. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like a nonprofit or something for missing missing people in like around the world travelers. And that they put me in this big campaign. They spread it everywhere. Her mom, you know, was crying and saying, like, you know, like find my daughter. Like we haven't spoken to her in fourteen days, and it was like a really big deal. Right? Everybody's freaking out. I was looking for her. People, like, people were driving around the island, like trying to find her. Two weeks later, someone finds her. Okay, sitting in a hostel. Okay, just drinking a beer. Like literally, just hanging out. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And she's like. Yeah, I've been doing yoga, I've been finding myself. It's been the nicest two weeks. I, I, I decided to do a digital detox after getting robbed of my stuff. And uh, Oh, so she got robbed, didn't so, check in with anyone, yes. and then decided to do the detox. Exactly. I'm all for a digital detox. I think it's cool. But... I think it is good, but yeah. you got you to gotta, like, let, yeah, let people know. your mom know, like, hey – you know, I'm not going to be able to respond to you for the next two weeks because people are going to worry. You just have to post like on one Facebook. Thing. Just one on thing. Facebook. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Just one I message. don't even think today if that's the best move because most people's moms aren't on the internet or if they are, they're very minimally on the internet. But at least somebody would tell them. You yeah. Know? Like I remember I went to do a 10-day silent meditation. Wow. And I, to be honest, I understand where she's coming from because at the, when I was going to do it, I was like, you know what? I don't want to explain to anyone why I'm doing this. Like, I need this so bad that I just need to get offline. But at least I was smart enough to make a blog post on my personal blog, which is public to everyone. Like, hey, I'm going to be off for the next 10 days. I'm going to do this meditation. Where did you do it? Uh, it was Wat Swan Dock, I think, in, in the oh. south of, of Thailand somewhere. No, not here. Actually, I got the name probably wrong. But it's, yeah, it's, Swan Dock is definitely here. Yeah, okay. It's a different one. Yeah. Um, some temple in the forest in the south of Thailand. Like on, a be on an island? No, no, no. It was in the middle of the forest, just like... Oh, Swatani wow. somewhere. Cool. And I remember thinking, crap, I should have called my parents, you know? So I think actually on the fourth day or something, I ended up going and emailing them to say, hey, just let you know I'm okay. So you broke your 10-day silence. It. It's yeah. okay. It was necessary. Yeah. But then also, luckily, um, my cousin had had read it, you know, because he reads my blog, and he had told my mom and my okay. sister. But so I understand how this happens. So I don't want to just blame, you know, young kind of, uh, I don't want to call them stupid people, but like... They're finding themselves. Yeah. You know, you know so I understand like yeah. the way that, that it goes through. The problem is once you mess up, you have to learn from that mistake. Sure. And the problem with Bali is I feel like no one learns from mistakes. They just think that 
you know, everything is so easy and perfect. Like, for example, when this girl finally got found, she wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for all the money and tears that, that were spent trying to find me. I'm sorry that you guys were worried. She was like, she's like, oh, what's the big deal? I've been fine. I've just been hanging out. Right. And yeah. to this day, she never apologized to anyone. And I knew this girl personally. Oh, really? Is she still in Bali? Probably. I unfriended her. You're like, I don't know. I'll, she hasn't posted I'll, in a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, she, like, literally, I read the, like, the, like, the first week, you know, I saw everyone saying, oh, my God, I'm glad you're okay. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Interesting. And she never once posted, like, that, I, you know, that was stupid of me. Right. That, she was like, like, oh, it was a gift from Mother Bali. So, wait, for, is she, like, is, so she's a full-time, she wasn't just a traveler. She's, like, a digital nomad type yeah, person? pretty much. Okay. She's, um, I think she, her title is a freedom and life coach or something. Yeah, that sounds like Bali, man. <laughs> that definitely sounds like Bali, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. That, okay, so this is why I like Chiang Mai is people are a little bit more grounded down to earth here. There's still a big yoga scene. There's still like a vegan scene. There's still like all, you know, kind of like touching on the, I don't want to say woo-woo side, but like spiritual side, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, people also realize like, hey, we need to make money. Uh, also, if something bad happens, like we get robbed or something gets stolen, like that's an issue that we should make sure it doesn't happen to the next person. But do you know of one person who got robbed here? Like one? I don't know anybody who's ever been robbed in Chiang Mai. I'm sure bad things happen. It's a big city. You know, there's a million people that come in and, in and out. But the fact that I've been here for, you know, six years yeah. and I've never had any crime myself and I've never even known anyone personally right. who's had any crime... Like this is what what I like about Chiang Mai so much. I wonder if it's we're sh- I, I wonder if we're sheltered from it as nomads or as people expats or whatever that we're just like unaware, or if it's actually low. I I almost like ignorantly don't want to know. I think like I've I, so I've been here since 2016. I saw the other day, ironically, I was driving on my motorbike past Taipei Gate, which is like center of like there's two centers, but that's one of the centers I'd say. And I saw these four guys like fighting one guy and at first it looked like they were just playing around but then like the guy broke out from them and yeah he was they they were like literally fighting and and that was the first time and that might sound intense to somebody listening like oh my god thailand's unsafe or something but like i'm from toronto like which is like known as one of the safest big cities in the world and i've seen some fucked up shit there um so i mean things definitely happen here but it's so rare can we swear yeah okay cool i was trying to hold that in for a while so like I i don't want people to think that chiang mai or thailand in general is this haven right? right because there's nowhere in the world that is you know maybe if you live in a 30 person community in middle of alaska you know yeah but overall it's extremely safe here i i honestly and like that's such a big factor for me like when choosing a place now right like i've been lucky enough that i have uh, the ability to kind of choose a place at this point through my journey and if people know me personally like safety is such a big thing for me i like the feeling of like knowing that i don't have to like look over my back as I go to the ATM. So Chiang Mai just, it's just, it, yeah, it just completely fills that need for me, like 100%. Yeah, I, I do like that. And, you know, even though I'm okay, you know, like, I like to think I have a pretty good head on my on my shoulders. I've been traveling a lot. So I tend not to get robbed or scammed as much as, like, let's say a completely new traveler. Yeah. But even the fact that I have to just keep my guard up, yeah. it's annoying. Like, it yeah, exact. That's exactly yeah. the feeling, right? Because I just the fact that you have to keep your guard up is energy that you're expelling. I think I was like, I was, I was in Nicaragua, and uh, I was just wearing like a, a New York Yankees hat, and some kid like on a bike just ran up on a bike and took it directly yeah. off my head. <laughs> kind of funny. But yeah. Or like back. when I was in Vietnam, 
I would have to put my back against the wall and use two hands to use my cell phone. Oh, I hate, dude, I, it's not worth it for me to live like that. I could yeah. probably do it for a week yeah. and like go visit a place, but to live, it's not for it's me, annoying. brother. No, it's, it's not for so me, brother. It's so annoying. Or like, you know, you have to go to specific, you have to go super out of your way to go to specific ATMs in Bali just not to get your card cloned. Because yeah. if you go to any of the ones that are like near the beach, like you have such a high chance of getting cloned. Wow. And people are like, oh, who cares? That's just the way it is. And you're like, are you guys insane? Like, you think that's okay to like go that much out of your way every day? Right. Especially like weird stuff. Like um, if you rent like like a villa in Bali, people love their villa photos and it looks great. I mean, it is aesthetically it's like beautiful. beautiful. Like beautiful. let's not kid ourselves right. here. It's much more like picturesque than, okay. than Chiang Mai in my opinion. Yeah. But first off, they're always annoying as crap to get to. You have to ride a motorbike through like some rice paddy, which sounds fun, but it's annoying. Right. You know, it's also normally pretty dangerous, you know, at night to, to ride through these small roads. People like, there's literally this ditch that people in Chenggu that people fall off every month. And they like seriously Wait, are themselves. we talking about that like short little road yeah. that cuts through the, the place? I've yeah. seen a car on the side of the edge yeah. of that thing. Yeah. Like people die there, you know, especially because, it, and it's the only way to get from not even one side to the other, just like one street to the other, unless you want to go go 30 minutes out of your way. Why doesn't somebody make that a bit wider? I don't know. They just don't think about it. It's yeah. It's like, whatever. It cares? would really change the quality of life. I know. <laughs> and, but just the fact that people accept it and they kind of laugh about it saying, oh, huh. I'm like, and I'm like, are you guys serious? Like, you think it's normal to drive drunk through that at night and pitch right. black? And like, yeah, I guess nothing happens to you most of the time. Right. But is it worth it when it does happen? But there are things about Chiang Mai, though, that, you know, you could fi- – like, it's not it's not perfect. There's, you know, yeah. like, police checkpoints when you're – if you don't have a license, if you didn't, like, think ahead and get, like, an international driver's license, you're probably going to get a bit of a fine when you're driving through. There's there's annoying things here. It's – but, yeah, it's like – it's Overall. It's, it's so overall. Better. It's – yeah, for And me. we have options here, too. Like, for example, this year, I don't have a bike at all. Oh, yeah, you were saying that, man. So I'm walking everywhere. I'm taking grab everywhere. Right. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be more convenient to ride a scooter. So you – that's just for st- straight straight up safety a lot at of this it point? Is. A lot of it is. Wow. And, you know, I mean p- part of it is – I mean I guess it's a lot of things, but it's definitely safety. I, I would say you know, maybe now I'm like getting older. Yeah. And I'm also thinking, man, I did so many stupid things like – and I for the last 10 years, you know, I've never had a motorcycle license. Really? So I don't know if my – even my travel insurance would even cover it because okay. – like you're not, if you're not legally allowed to drive, like who knows if they'll cover it? I got a, I got the license. Yeah, okay, I got the Thai license. Yeah. yeah. And if I was, if I was staying here longer, it's gonna be year round. I would actually go through the process. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm here for two months. I'm not gonna go through that process. Right. And there's a, you know, there's options. You know, I can just live in the city center and just walk to most places, or I can just spend spend four bucks and take a taxi. It's yeah. like ridiculously cheap, but I'm like the opposite. I like, I just bought another motorcycle. I have two. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like committed yeah um but i think like long term i said to like my business partners like if you want to live here long term and i'm talking i'm not talking about a year to three i'm i mean like if you want to make this your base for a decade i mean obviously we can't plan that far ahead long-term safety i need a car you know what i mean and you know and that's that's the thing about Chiang Mai now or thailand is more and more people have cars and less scooters which actually makes it more necessary to have a car because everyone else has a scooter right i mean because there's less and less scooters so i don't know like a big reason why I love Thailand is that f- that freedom of flexibility of just being able to walk everywhere, take a scooter everywhere. Yeah. But as I was thinking, I was like, if I need a car, then I almost might as well be somewhere else. In LA or San Francisco or something. True. Yeah. yeah but it's, yeah, it's been an interesting place. And 
what's cool is a lot of people I've noticed are kind of like you. They're, they're thinking longer term of just settling down here. Like, like you've traveled, you know, well, mo- like, you know, I would say most people who've decided to settle down here have traveled a lot. Yeah, right? I think I've traveled quite a bit for sure. But what, what made you decide like, okay, I just want to, I want to live here. This is my roots. Um, yeah. So, I mean, coming here in 2016, I didn't have any intention to stay long term. I don't even think I was actually thinking long term. Actually, the original dream was to live on the beach, right? Like that's it, everyone's dream. And I think that's what it was. And it was, and it wasn't even like looking back on it, it wasn't that I wanted to live on the beach. I just didn't want to go to work. And I think a lot of people picture the beach. Like, you know, you go on a vacation for a week, like an all inclusive of Mexico or like Canadians, we go to like Cuba. And then like you have like this great week there at the beach and you associate that with freedom. And uh, so I think, yeah, so I went to, I came here into Chiang Mai and then I went to Koh Lanta and I was like, hey, I made it. Like I got a business on a, on a laptop. I'm, I'm living on the beach. Uh, this is perfect. And then like three days in, I'm like, fuck this, dude. I would, I don't want to live on a beach. And then it made me realize, like, imagine the people that work all their lives until they're 65 and then retire to like Mexico. And then they get there like a week later, they're like, I miss my city or I miss like, or I like something different. So like I discovered pretty quickly that I didn't want to live on a beach forever. Now I still go to the beach for a vacation, but I just don't want to make that home. That, that's actually really, really interesting because yeah. this is why Tim Ferriss talked about the, was it the mini retirements or like right. a, like a trial retirement? He's like, it's insane to work 40 Crazy. years just to find out that that's not what you want. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So so I came to Chiang Mai and I'm from, uh, yeah, I'm from the city, like Toronto. So it's pretty flat city. Whereas Chiang Mai is like, you know, shout out to the six. The six. Shout out to everybody in the six. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew that was going to come up at some point in this conversation. Okay. Uh, But on that point, I also thought I wanted to live not just on a beach. I wanted to be on a small island. Like Koh Lanta where we hung out. And my passion or my desire was so strong. Then I remember when I had a corporate job in the U.S. Okay. And anytime I would fly anywhere for work or for even just for for whatever, I would just daydream about my plane crashing. What? Because this was when Lost had just come out. Like Castaway style? Yeah. And I was like, oh, how nice would it be if this plane just crashed? <laughs> what? Dude. And I just had to live on the small deserted island for the rest of my life. I, and I remember just that being like a vivid fantasy, just like a hope. That's kind of dark, dude. Uh, well, it was like, it was more like I was so, I guess I was so unhappy with my normal life living True. in LA that I was like, how ma- how magical would that be, right? Right. Like, especially, it, and, and this was like season one of Lost, where it was still fun. Like, this is before the monsters came and just started killing everyone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that'd be cool, right? And I remember when I first started, you know, traveling, I lived on small islands. I lived on Kotal for a year. I lived on like Kolanta for a year. I lived in Caribbeans for a year. Then I lived in Mabul and Borneo for a year. I don't, I don't even islands. know where that is, man. They're like they're Is so that in Malaysia? Small. Yeah. Malaysia, right, okay. And it's it's so small that you can just walk around the whole island in thirty minutes and there's no cars or anything. I think like I you actually get island fever. Oh yeah. Like in Kolanta I got island fever and it's a small island but it's still it's still pretty it's big. still pretty it still big. It takes a couple hours from north to south to drive, like two hours. And like, yeah, it's just, it just wasn't for me, man. Like, and also like, it's not like I just came to Thailand and only stayed in Asia. I mean, I lived in Berlin for a month. I lived in Budapest for a month. I lived in Morocco for a month, man. Like 10, 10 of us, 10 of us met here. We did like a little, a little like nomad crew thing where we rented out a Riyadh in Morocco, which is pretty dope. But yeah, it's just, that's the actually, actually Morocco is the only place I've ever had real culture shock. Like 
like the second day in, I like I like just walked into a KFC and like got a Pepsi and hung Whoa. out. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty. It funny. was crazy, man. Yeah, it's like snakes everywhere and it's messed up. But it was a good it was a good experience. But yeah, so well, wait, why did you guys choose Morocco? Okay, so we met. Yeah, so we met this guy. This this guy um, named Lupin, who became like a really good friend of mine. And we we're all like at a bar one night, and he was like you guys are cool. Like we should all go to Morocco for a month. And you know, like people like always say like, they'll throw out, we should go to like Hawaii or we should go here. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 whatever. He actually planned it. We put money down and we all did it. It was, it was crazy. It was like one of the best experiences, like looking back, never want to do that again though. Was he from Morocco? He's a Moroccan dude. He, uh, he wasn't, we went to Marrakesh, which is like okay. a pretty touristy city. Yeah. Uh, he's from the capital Rabat. Uh, but we had a really cool experience. I was with like Chris and all these other people. Um, but yeah, I, that was a one time, like nomad, Adventure. Crew, adventure, yeah, event like thing. And I think that was enough for me. I think that actually happens a lot here. That people come, they, you know, they literally come solo. They don't know anyone. And then within the first couple of weeks in Chiang Mai, they meet their crew, their yeah. lifelong crew. That's, that's the craziest thing because right when I, that lunch, from that lunch, man, from the second day I was here. From an Instagram comment. From an Instagram comment, three of the people that are like in my top five, I met that day. That's crazy. Like my, like my, like your, your my expat. Yeah, yeah. My core group of people like, and now like, so those are my two business partners who are husband and wife, Nick and Steph. Um, yeah. So going back to one of the reasons why I picked Chiang Mai is that they've based in Chiang Mai and I really, com I've really committed to this new business that we're running. So like I've committed to, I, I said I would commit to a year, um, back in July and now I'm going to commit to probably another year and even like long-term might even look at the Thai elite visa. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So Nick and Steph have both been on the podcast, and they're a great like example of a of a couple who's been here for a long time, mm -hmm. and they just love it. You know, they yeah. they rented a big house, so they have like a normal life now. Like, they have a beautiful house. Yeah, we we, we actually spent Christmas there. Yeah, we together. did. We did. My mom was there too. Yeah, my sister <laughs> and my sister. Yeah, crazy. And, yeah, so it was really nice, and it's so different than kind of what my nomad life was like five, six years ago. Right? For sure. And I think a lot of people, like there's so many people now that I know from five, six years ago who now basically have a house here, you know, and maybe they're not going to like the meetups every week anymore because they have their crew, you know, their crew friends, they have their their business, they have like a nice place, but, and they're like, they're here long-term. I think people are craving like a little bit of a home base. Uh, yeah. Like craving a home base, man. Like I, it's funny, you know, I, I feel like this is a lot of people say this when they, I started buying a lot of stuff. Like I have an espresso machine over there, like a nice speaker. You have a Versace robe. I got a Versace. I got a funny story about that Versace robe. Please tell me about that. Okay, cool. Um, I was actually in pun space at the, on the, on the second floor and there was a guy sitting across uh, the table from me and he had like a sticker that like a Canadian flag sticker. So I was like, yo, bro, are, are you Canadian? And he's like, yeah. I mean, why else would he have one of those on there? And um, yeah, he, he's become a really good friend of mine. But at the time he was like, yeah, I just came out here traveling. Um, my last business failed. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm trying to make, I'm making these themes for like, I don't even know, Shopify or something. And I was like, dude, if I could give you one piece of advice, like whatever you do, pick one thing and don't change it until it works or work your ass off. Don't stop flip-flopping. Uh, and he knew that I was doing e-commerce. And then a year later, I saw him again in Chiang Mai. And he's like, dude, do you remember when you said that to me? Yeah, I've been making like 15 grand a month with Instagram wow. influencers. And I just really want to thank you. And that, and that was that. And then 
he's like, but I'm doing it. I'm yeah. So back in the day when people were like shouting out, like paying people to shout out products on Instagram yeah. with Instagram influencers before it was expensive. It was like $10, $20 a shout out. Now it could be so expensive. Yeah, that'd be thousands or $10,000. But he, he came here and he's with the intention. He's like, it's all great. Like I ought, I, I have a team and a system, but I can't scale. So I want to learn Facebook ads. So he bought a course on how to learn Facebook ads. And I was like, cool. So we started working in a coffee shop every day together, became really close. And then I bought another course on Facebook ads. And I was like, dude, you like have this course, right? Like let's, you can use it while I use it. Um, I just wasn't so serious about it because that wasn't the business model that I was like into that was working for me at the time. And, uh, and then we, I found this product and I was like, dude, I think you should do this product. And, uh, he ended up like killing it. Like with that one product, uh, I think he made like, in six months, two or three hundred k, and then he sold. He he sold one of the last. So it was like AliExpress style drop shipping. He sold like one of the last AliExpress drop shipping stores that Empire Flippers allowed, and I think oh, he's wow. exited for like four 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 fifty like four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Nice. And like along that journey, we would talk about like he likes he like flashy Asian dude like he likes Gucci and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm not really you know like those yeah. So he's like so I I basically said. Um, I basically said to him, like, you always have all this cool stuff. I really, really love the show Sopranos. Like, it's my favorite show. And if I ever was going to buy something that was flashy, there's this one scene where Tony goes on, like, Tony Soprano goes on a, a private jet and he's, and then he gets to Vegas and in the Vegas, like, hotel room, he's wearing a Versace robe. And I'm like, that's the one thing I would ever get. And then, uh, he asked me what my address was randomly. I didn't think anything of it. And then when I got back to Toronto, after traveling, there was a big Versace box in my, in That's my house. Insane, yeah. So I literally travel with this thing. It's like really dope for me. I really like it's it. Dope. It's ridiculous. Right, so it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it, just, it's, yeah. Just to describe it. It's okay. It's like a like, black and gold Versace robe <laughs> that actually, if you touch it, isn't as luxurious as you think it is. It kind of just feels like a towel. Like a, it's, it's a robe. It's a robe. But yeah. It but looks... it, it's got like that gold flex. Like, yeah. Honestly, I think uh, then we yeah him and I uh, him and I did another little business together that we were pretty successful with. So, yo Brandon, if you're listening, I want the matching uh, slippers too. Oh, so. that'd be dope. Yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, make yeah. sure they're mink. No, yeah, please, please don't kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's dope. It has I mean the word Versace literally just all I mean like from a mile away. You could it's be like, the loudest. You thing. have no idea. It's yeah. the loudest thing that I own. If anybody knows me, I wear a lot of black. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's definitely loud. So. If you guys can picture Rick Ross <laughs> in a Ross Versace robe, that's that's one photo pass. I, I wake up, I turn on my espresso machine, and I put on my robe on for like ten minutes every morning, and that's my morning routine. I don't take a cold shower, none of that. Just that coffee yeah. and the Versace. <laughs> so as as much as I like it, please do not send me a Versace robe if you guys are listening, because <laughs> I don't want to travel with it. You can please send it to me. Yeah, send it to Johnny. He'll pass it to, yeah, my, I know, to me. Yeah. Actually, what's funny is people. Actually, a lot of people like try to like get me stuff. Really, you know, or just like even. I mean, either either, either as like a thank you, or but also just like they have a product and they're like, oh yeah, you know, like here, here's one. And I'm always like, oh, I appreciate it, but like I'm not gonna travel with it. Like, and I'm not I'm, shouting you out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, like you know, if it's something I like, I'll right. use anyways. I'll shut up. Like I would have shut them out for free anyways. Right. And but I guess I guess by them sending me the product, then I ha I can show the product. You know, and like if I actually use it, then I'll probably talk about it just naturally, right? Yeah. But I've been the opposite of you. We're having, instead of having home base and having more stuff, I've been traveling carry on only for the last year. So I've downgraded everything my clothes, my just like stuff I have. Uh, and for me, in, in kind of what, what I like in life, I think it's been the, the best thing ever. I, well, I know your story, man. Obviously, like I followed you for a long time. And I think the difference between you and I is that I remember you always said, like, 
you liked America had the convenience of Amazon where you could just like do two clicks or one click and you get like things in your house that you don't need. So you had a house and you had things. I've never had that. Like I was broke my whole life, right? Like I, I, after I went to university, like I moved back into my mom's house. I never had my own apartment. I had like a I had roommates in university, but like it wasn't like my place. So this is like the first time where I'm like, like claiming my space. Yeah. And you know this is I mean? my spot. So we're, yeah, thanks, we're in the middle of Neiman, which is like the cool area. In Chiang Mai, where I like to stay, where all the coffee shops and co-working spaces are. And he has a nice one-bedroom, yep. you know, in the nicest building with a nice pool, a nice gym, a sauna, all, all of which I use every weekend. I love it. Johnny's <laughs> just like just hanging out at the pool. It's great. Yeah, I, I use that pool more than you do, I'm sure. Definitely. And I think I think like anybody can as long as you just kind of like own it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you can't. Nah. The security is really tight here. Yeah. No, I, I like. And luckily, I have a couple of friends who who actually stay here. So, like, to get into the sauna, you need a you need the what do you call it, little ID chip. That's actually one of the biggest factors of this place. Like, sauna, I incorporated sauna in my life, uh, three to four times a week, fifteen minutes to twenty minutes. Like, it really, it really like elevates life, man. Yeah. it's a really game changer. I, I think it's super healthy. And then to get into like the cold pool. It's yeah, nice. yeah, man. If they if this place had a cold plunge. Like a cold plunge pool yeah. in the place where the sauna was, it would be like oh, my perfect yeah. building. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you could just take a cold shower. It's not. It's not, it's the, not same. the same. I'm, I'm talking about like icy. Yeah. But actually, what's nice is in de- early December that pool was a cold plunge. What? Oh, it was freezing here. Yeah. Like it was really. I bought. I bought a. People are gonna. My Canadian friends would make fun of me, but I bought a toque one night. Oh, man. I w- it was seven or eight degrees here, and I bought a toque, and I wore it for like an hour. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is ridiculous. So for the Americans, a toque is what? A beanie? Wait, you guys don't use, say the word toque no, in America? definitely not. Damn. Yeah, we it's it's a, it's a winter hat. Yeah, it's basically a winter hat. Yeah. So yeah, you were walking around in Thailand in I was driving toque. around with a toque and a helmet. And then a jacket, or what were you wearing? Maybe a sweater and a jacket. Wow. I've like climatized, man. I'm... One thing, like, growing up in Canada, I never... Again, like, as I said, like, my mom's from England and my dad's from Uruguay. I'm, like, the least typical Canadian of all time. I don't ski. I don't snowboard. I don't play hockey. I don't I don't even like playing in the snow. So, like, I always wanted to live in a, in a cold... Uh, sorry, a warm climate, man. Like, ever since I was a kid... You know when you were a kid and, like, you get, like, a birthday cake and they would be like, Hey, Johnny, like, blow your candles and make a wish. Like, I kid you not, dude. Like, I every year wished that we had a swimming pool. Like I, yeah. So like the first time when I first came out here, I was living in Bantai. Do you know it? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, shout out to Bantai. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's, it's an, it's one of those places where important. I, I, everyone I've known has stayed there for months. It's important. Nobody I've known has stayed there for a second month. It's important on the journey though. <laughs> but it's kind of like, that's the spot you got to go the, fir- the first time to come to Chiang Mai. But dude, like back in the day, I, it was 2016. I think I paid 5,000 baht, right? Dude, now it's only like 5,500. So it's okay. not that much more. Wow. So, that's so, crazy. So, okay. So to, in, in dollars, it's like 200 bucks, maybe 250 or something. Right. For, um, I think it, it, might, it might be 6,000 something baht, but like it, whatever it is, it's like maximum, it's 250 bucks a month. But like what it has is a pool and it's a pretty nice pool. It's a pretty big pool. And it's, it's in the middle of Niman, right? Yeah, and like that's like the best possible location. Dude, like honestly, I swear to God, like that symbolized like success for me. Like it was the first time I literally felt like, whoa, I got a pool. Like, yeah. and, and ever since then, like I just want to keep living in places with pools until I can like buy my own place with my own pool. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's very symbolic for me, man. I can very see, symbolic. I can see that. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm proud of you for making that leap. Yeah. Thank you, man. And it's also, a long journey. 
it's cool that you discovered this life hack because let's say you wanted to stay in the six and the T dot yep. in the Toronto. Okay. How how much money would you have to make or save up to be able to live somewhere with a pool? Oh oh, live somewhere with a. It, it probably was not even on my radar. I think now if I went back, I could probably like swing an Airbnb for a month. But if you had a twelve month lease. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm, I've been out of the game for so long in terms of that. Like, I think at least 3K for where I would want to yeah, live. That's probably that. Canadian dollars, yeah. maybe 2500 2500 to $3,000 for like a studio downtown maybe or like yeah. a small one bedroom. Yeah. But if you want like a nice place, like the equivalent of this would be yeah. like five to seven. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's something insane. like that. Yeah. yeah. It, but this, this is an extremely expensive city. Yeah. Like Toronto, Vancouver. But there's a lot expensive. of people who live in these cities you know, not just in Canada, but in the U.S. or in Australia, or you know, in London, yeah, in the U.K. that are spending a couple grand a month just to live, and it's probably good life, right? But they're probably working a lot to to cover it. They probably yeah. not make, not saving as much money as they should be. Yeah, they're probably more stressed than than they should be. Do you think though, like it's just kind of like I think it's just kind of like lucky. Like there's just like a lot of luck involved in this whole like discovering this lifestyle, man. Like after I after I I graduated from university, I like had to move back in with my mom, and I had like no idea what I was gonna do. I couldn't get a job. I was like working. Uh, my dad installs windows for a living, so I was working with him, like helping him install windows. And I was like, I think I was doing retail arbitrage at the time. And I just yeah, the only reason why that happened to me is because I came back to Toronto. I was living in another city, uh, Montreal, and my friend was like, all my friends were gone. I'd been gone for five years. He's like, dude, come out, like join uh, join the sports team with me. And then uh, you'll meet all these friends. And he and the first night, he's like, "Dude, I can't make it. I can't pick you up." And his buddy picked me up, and he told me that he was doing this thing called like dropship domination, which was like retail arbitrage. And then that like led me into the dropshipping. And then to diversify, I like looked into like I was selling all these products, but I didn't have I, I wasn't selling any particular brand. I was selling anything. I'm like, how do I sell these actual brands? Like, how do I get into these brands? And that's when I discovered you and Anton. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's kind of like really weird like it's lucky that it that this happened to me right it's kind of yeah. lucky a very lucky thing for sure but i think that's actually why i've been so passionate about having the podcast having my blog and just spreading the word that this is possible so like not only showing people how to do it but also interviewing people who have done it themselves to really show people like hey if you know this canadian guy you know can can do it like if you're you know someone from canada in a similar situation yeah so can you you know like your dream you know might be different than ours right it might not be to crash on an island and live there or might not might not be to own a pool but i'm sure you have your own dream that you're like yeah if one day i can do that i'll be happy and what you know sharing these stories and really shows is it's probably possible now right everybody you know you can afford a 250 dollars a month apartment you know, yeah. if like if that's your goal, is like I want to live somewhere with a pool. Like instead of waiting and try to you know try to get a place that's four grand a month, which right. might take a while, might be really hard. You know, maybe maybe take you the rest of your life to even like save up for that. Yeah, like just location arbitrage, arbitrage right? And you, you can live here, and maybe that you know you're not going to want to stay at Bantai for more than a month because then you realize <laughs> definitely not. So okay, so to talk crap about Bantai, <laughs> the, the reason why no one stays for more than a month is. The rooms itself are just like so sterile, depressing. It's They're, almost like a, a hospital room. Yeah, it's just a, I think all white it. room. Yeah, and the beds, you know, like not the best. There's no like. It's a very Thai bed. Yeah, there's no like. There's nothing there. There's no like. I mean, I guess you could go in and like perk it up and make it's it look soulless. Nice, but it's soulless. It's yeah. soulless. It's just a room. Yeah. You know, versus 
for the same amount of money, you can go somewhere that feels more like a home. And, and but the reason why is people like I recommend it is perfect location. It's great value. They do month to month. They always have available rooms. So even if you don't book events, you can just show up and get a place for a month. Yeah. And it's mainly because everyone leaves every other month. Yeah. But it just like that just shows the convenience and value of Chiang Mai. Right. And it's it's crazy. Like I think a big thing that people that are starting out or like just unhappy with life in general is that they don't, they see like freedom. And I did too, like as like a beach or like as a Ferrari, uh, when, when all, when all you really need to do is think about the lifestyle you want and then put a dollar amount on it and work backwards. That's it. Because if you put the, if you put the goal too big, I want to be a millionaire. It's like, what does that even mean? Why do you want to be a millionaire when you actually only need to be like, only need to have like $80,000 a year or 40,000 or a hundred, whatever, whatever it is, people just, don't define what they need. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the biggest like learning lessons for me. Yeah, I like that. And it's not that you can't then work to be a millionaire, but why not be happy today? Because if you're happy today, you probably have the energy and the discipline to actually hit those bigger goals. You know, So if you can be happy now and spend you know, a thousand bucks a month living in Chiang Mai yeah. while working on your business, your chances of becoming a millionaire are actually higher than if you were spending four grand a month and unhappy you know, in a big city. Well, I think that yeah, I think what it does though is like when I was when I was living in you know in my mom's house and like thinking of, like dreaming about the beach. It's not that I was I wanted the, I, the beach. I, like I guess I did, but I was just unhappy, right? Once you get the things that you thought would make you happy, and then maybe it doesn't make you happy. What it, what then you have the opportunity to really begin to work on yourself, right? And like really find out what you like and what you don't like. But if you're just like every day going to an office you hate, you can blame your, 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 your shitty feelings on that, right? Like you can blame your shitty feelings on your family or your shitty friends, right? But like when you take all that away, right? Like when you move away from your family, when you move away from your friends and then you move away from your shitty, your shitty job and now you're making a thousand or two thousand dollars a month and you're like, okay, this is great. But like, I don't feel as great as I did. Maybe then you can actually begin to like figure out what your problems are. And that's been a big part of my journey too. Like figuring out what I like and what I don't like. Like I've become a lot more selfish about like how I want to live my life. Like I used to do things that I don't want to do. And now honestly, like I just don't, it's a very few things. And that's been actually the biggest challenge. Cause like, I just, I flew out my family here and it's the first time in four years that I've had to like be on someone else's schedule. And it's like, it's like fucking with me a little bit, but yeah, like I've realized like what I like and what I don't like. And, and yeah, it's been a, it's been quite the journey, man. Yeah. I, I like that. I think most of the time we never have the time or the even opportunity to even discover what we like, what we don't like. Cause we're just so busy doing what we need to do, what we're supposed to do. I mean, our whole lives has been like, okay, you got to go to elementary school so you can get to middle school. Then you got to go right. to motor school so you can go to high school. You got to go to high school so you can go to college. You got to go to college so you can get a master's where you can get a job. You know, and then you got to buy, you got to get your wife too. Yeah. yeah then you got to get married. <laughs> you got to have kids. You got to buy a house. Then you got to renovate the house. Then you got to get a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're old and you realize, like, I don't even know who I am. Damn. Like, that's some that's some dark shit too. And we're lucky that we found this early. And this is why I pushed this so hard, you know? Like, it, it's, I want you guys to realize, like, it's possible now. It's not easy. Nothing's right? easy. It's definitely – you have to go through some some stuff, man. You have to go through the dirt. Like, let's not kid, let's not kid ourselves. You, there is a journey in, in so many ways. Yeah. Like. But it's possible, you know, and now I've, I've literally met thousands of people, even just here in Chiang Mai who have done it. Yeah. That's, what's great about you, man. Like you're a connector for everyone. Right. And you get, you get to see people in a way grow, right? Cause you might see a guy or a girl 
And then two years later, you, you'll see them in a different city and they'll be like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And when you met them, they were just starting and that must be like fulfilling in a way for you, right? Yeah, it definitely is. And what's funny is pretty much everyone I see again, they're like they're better off than they were before. And even the few people that I know who have like moved back home for whatever reason, they're actually happy that they tried it for a year. Right, right. I, I, they have I, no regrets anymore. I've never met anyone who's like, oh man, I wasted a year of my life. But do you Tr- feel no. like when you meet these – like when you get close to some people uh-huh. and they say – in my experience, I kind of you kind of see the people that that are still at home in their mind. Do you know what I mean? And there are people like I never felt at home in Canada, and that, I'm not knocking Canada. It's just I've never like looking back on it. I never felt like I fit in in that culture. Um, so no, I I know what you mean because yeah. I I felt the same in the U.S. Like for example, I mean I mean part of it is you know I grew up as an Asian American. You know you grew up as kind of a mixed race, mixed race for sure. Yeah. I don't even know what I am. Yeah, yeah. And so I never – so I remember hanging out in – even in like in school, I was like, all right, I guess I'm hanging out with the Asians because I'm Asian. Okay. Right? But first off, everyone in San Francisco, they spoke Cantonese and my yeah, – I spoke Mandarin, which I didn't realize was actually a more popular language. But in my small world, like Chinese people spoke Cantonese. Which is Hong Kong, right? Which is Hong Kong. Right. You know, which is like a really small percentage of the total speakers of Chinese. And I told my, I remember telling my parents, like, why did you teach me Mandarin? It's so useless. Really? Yeah. But and, you speak Mandarin? Yeah. Dude, and, yeah. go to China. Yeah, I don't want to go to China. I know. Well, like, <laughs> let's do some business. <laughs> I think fuck China. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I love China. Yeah. <laughs> On the record, I, yeah. China, I love you. Yeah. We make a lot of money. Yeah. I'm like, sure. Like, you know what's funny is I know for a fact that if I was willing to sell my soul and move to China. You'd do well. I would make so much money. Right. And I'd probably have a really good life there. I bet. But. Fuck China. It's intense, man. When I was there, I went there for the Canton Fair and to meet some suppliers we have. It's cr- like, uh, uh, you know when like you land in the States and like you, you have passport control? So like if you land in New York, like the, the the government knows you're in New York. But if you take a car to Atlanta, like I'm sure they can like follow a paper trail and find you, but they don't, it would take time, right? When you go to a train station in China, they check your passport. On every highway, there's cameras. It's intense, man. Like the tracking there is, an, is it's, it's, it's next level. Yeah, and if you've you know talked enough shit about China on podcasts like this, Dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, they might not even let me fly like within China. They might be like, all right, you have to take the the budget bus, you have to hitchhike because you don't have enough Sesame credits to Sesame to, to take the tra- the fast train, you have to take the slow train. Damn, it's insane. It's like we a, love you, China. It's like a okay, <laughs> Philip on record, Felipe, <laughs> Felipe, low China. Yo, I think China's Chinese food's great, and Chinese people are nice, and I actually kind of want to explore the country a little bit, but only with Nick. You know, Nick, he speaks a little bit. Nick uh, Danforth? Yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick and I. Chinese? He speaks – they lived out there. It's oh like, God. He's not fluent or anything, but it's enough to like get a cab. Like yeah. even like getting a cab is hard out there. So yeah, I don't want to go alone. I want to go – like that's why I said like with you, like dude, like we could go. You could like translate it. Dude, you know what's funny is I was in Shanghai for a week and I speak fluent Mandarin. Okay. Right? Like not at like a high level, but like, like my accent is like – Perfect, all right? I, I'm a native speaker. Okay. And I was like, Sama? Like, I, like, K? Like, I, I couldn't understand. You didn't understand them, or they didn't I, understand yeah, you? They, uh, no, they could understand me perfect. Okay. I couldn't understand them at all. Really? And it's like, they're crazy accents, crazy slangs, crazy, like, this. And I'm like, can you slow the fuck down, please? Because, like, you know, I mean, okay, so I'm, I was, I was born, you know, in the U.S., but I've spoken Chinese to my parents my entire life. So accent-wise, 
I'm pretty much a native speaker, but my vocabulary is not that high and I've never really practically used it, right? So I can watch like movies, but I can't necessarily watch like political news or something because that's just not like, yeah. I, I just never was exposed to that. Okay. And like- then I would try to explain to people in China, I'm like, look, I'm not Ch- like, I'm, I'm American. Like, you know, can you, <laughs> like, can you like slow down or not use so much slang? Right. And they just like could not understand why, like why they're like, what do you mean? You, you speak fine. I'm like, I know, but I can't understand what you're saying. And they're like, well, I'm speaking Chinese. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I feel like that'd be a funny comedy skit, just like yeah. that interaction in general. And they just cannot grasp why they can understand me, but I can understand them. They just like they could not fathom that situation. Damn. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's a pretty interesting country, and they're probably going to take over the world. So I hope get not. used I to really it. Really hope not. We'll okay. So business wise, like, so you did. So you started with kind of arbitrage. Well, like, shipping, like I've what? always done like. I used to sell things on eBay, like back in like high school. And then like my original dream was to be like a poker player. Okay. So like, I, I like, my mom was like, you need to get a job. And I was like 16 and I had like a poker stars account, like under like someone else's name. And I was like, mom, if I can make $50 a week, can I like play poker? She's like, yes. So I think I somehow like finessed a $50 like check out of poker stars. Like I won $50 and I literally showed my mom a check and I was like, and that was that. And then I started reading books on it. And then when at the minute I got, uh, Eight, the minute I became 18, like I signed up for a real account and then it got really dark because like I got really into it after high school. I took a year off and I think I had like four or $5,000 like when I was eight, uh, just finished high school. So how old was I? 18 maybe? Something like that. And I thought I was rich and I would, I found like these underground poker rooms in Toronto because in Toronto we don't have casinos. Uh, there's one place called Woodbine that they might have a, a poker room now. I'm not sure, but they didn't back then. So the, the Vietnamese, like there's some like gangster Vietnamese guys. Yeah. The gangster Vietnamese guys in Toronto that had like poker rooms. And like, I kind of got in this like bad scenario where I was like illegally gambling. And I thought I was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was great. But then like one night, like it was like a really like ghetto place, like uh, on the West end of Toronto where I'm from. These like five guys came in like all blindfolded with guns and they uh, they robbed us. Like what they did was pretty fucked up, man. They they were blindfolded. No, they they had like, (laughs) they weren't, not blindfolded, but they had like ski bandanas, the bandanas and ski oh, masks, like covering their face, okay, right? So not their eyes. A bunch of guys walk in, like with the... <laughs> they can't see, but they got guns. I was like, that's scary. That's another thing. Everybody thinks Canada's all like Toronto. There's some parts that are pretty messed up, but yeah. So they came in with guns and they made us take all our clothes off except our underwear. Uh, and there was a guy I was with there that was kind of like hood, so I just followed his lead. They took the diamond earrings and gold chain off of him. Uh, the reason why they did that like in hindsight was they just wanted to swipe our, all our cell phones without like, like easily take all our clothes. But I think they just wanted our wallets or cell phones and all that stuff. So yeah. So they gun butted a kid there and then took all the money and then left. And then that was the end of my poker career for sure. Wow. Yeah. First they took my rings, then my Rolex. <laughs> I looked up and said, damn, damn what's next? What's next, dad? <laughs> and like, it's funny now, but in hindsight, it was the scariest moment in my life. Man. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, this could, this could be the end. So like after that, I still played poker like online and I would play in casinos, but like I made a pact to myself. Like I'm never going into another illegal gambling house. Um, so then I went to university for like four years and then I started like selling things on eBay, like anything that I could get. And maybe, and then I started selling like some fake things from China. And I thought I was like Steve jobs because all my friends were working and I was making like 80 bucks a day and like partying. And then like, 
my eBay account got shut down when I was like in college. So that was the end of that. And then after university, I met a guy who I, I already told that story who got me into the drop shipping, like the retail arbitrage. And then, so it's just been like a long progression, man. And then I, that's when I found, found Anton and your stuff. And then went for that, went into that, I think 2014, yeah. I signed up or 2015. And then I came out here in 2016 yeah. and I, I de so, dedicated to just grow that drop shipping business. Was that already making money when you were in Canada? Yeah. So I was, I was actually doing really well with the retail arbitrage, man. I was like making like seven or eight grand a month. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It was, then, do, it, was do, it was doing really well. Like on a high, on a highest month, it could, it did like 10 or 11. That's good. Uh, yeah. I was, it Even was, in Canada, that's really good. Yeah. I was doing, I was doing well. And uh, I remember I was, it got to a point where it was like, I was still working with my dad. I like kind of like helping him. And then I got to a point where I just like got there one day. I'm like, look, I love you, but I quit. Yeah. And then your time is better spent. Yeah. Than doing else, yeah. Yeah. And then, but then I got, then I wasn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like retail arbitrage. I thought it was like a shitty way of doing business because you're selling other people's, you're selling things from like this, like Home Depot or Walmart to like Amazon or eBay, right? Like that's what you're doing. And yeah. a lot of people still do that today yeah. and people make money and it's yeah. fine. It's completely fine. I just wanted to have like a real dropshipping website where I could like be officially selling XYZ brand authorized dealer and, and that's where build I, something, yeah. right. That's where I found your stuff. So when I came to Thailand, that particular business was making only a thousand dollars. Okay. But wow. So you yeah. had downgraded for making yeah. seven to eight grand a month. Yeah. Knowing that that wasn't making you happy. That wasn't a long-term sustainable It's thing. actually like in hindsight, it's just like I was young and then stupid. Like I literally like had an injury and, uh, I tore my ACL and I had a surgery and they gave me a bunch of uh, like painkillers yeah. and I was hopped up on these painkillers, uh -huh. dude. And uh, they didn't give me enough or I ate too many of them quickly and I had like a deep depression. Oh, wow. Okay. And the minute I had that deep depression, I made like a conscious effort, like a conscious choice. I'm like one more month of this retail arbitrage and then I'm going all in on like building my own brand. Yeah. And I'd already planned to go to Thailand. So like that's when I went all in on it. And then, yeah, it's been just like a long progression now. So... Yeah. Okay, but then, so how long did you do kind of like the Anton style of dropshipping? I still and do it. You still do it now? I definitely do okay. it. And I have two websites still rocking and I'm, and uh, so it's, that's probably since 2015. Okay. I still have my, my original website. Wow. And no, and, that, and that's a rare thing. Like nobody, uh, nobody does like, and along the way I've been copied multiple times yeah. by people here. Oh, wow. Like who people I know. Yeah. That's uh, it's, it's that's like. That's so fucked up, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's fucked up, dude. And it's, that's happened to me before too. And this is why. Like people always complain, like they're like, "Oh, why don't you ever talk, talk about your niche?" And it's because there's a lot of kind of like just low level people out there. But it's not even they're low. Just, like some like, the people that the people that rob like rob my idea, they they kill it. No, I'm like not. not I'm not saying low level in skill wise, but like low level thinking wise. Like yeah, low levels of of trust. Low levels yeah. of like I'll tell you how bad it was. Like okay. okay, so like I'm looking at a water bottle right now, and it's called Aura Natural. Yeah. So if my website was auranatural.com, uh -huh. they made their website naturalaura.com. Oh my god! It was literally Massive. like that. It was literally like that. So uh, I got. I think that got shut down pretty quick. How, like how how did they get shut down? Uh, I call. I reached out to one of my suppliers, uh, and I think they were just doing like a dummy test site, and uh, then they yeah they didn't accept it. Yeah, lucky. And yeah, that happened. Uh, it happened to another 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 one of my websites and I saw it right away because I was always checking my ads. I was Good. like such so much more paranoid back in the day about all this yeah. stuff and I called the number, right? I called yeah. the number, uh, the support number and I just started asking questions about yeah. like a product and then it's crazy because I knew this guy's voice wow. on the call and I'm like, yo, and I said his name and he's like, I'm like, it's Felipe and this guy was running a Canadian uh, dropshipping Facebook group 
Uh, I got super aggressive, man. I, I just said to him, like, listen to me. I'm going to come you, fuck you up. No, no, no. I didn't. Nah, nah. I would have said that. I'm sorry. I'm I, was in Tha- my, I'm I was gonna, in Thailand. I'm going to fly to Canada. With my Versace robe. And I'm going to take that. I'm going to take my hockey stick, <laughs> shove it up your ass, out through your mouth, I don't, and then smack you. Yeah. Maybe. But no, I didn't. I was like, yo, listen to me, bro. I know it's you. I don't know if you knew that this was my website, but this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell your community what you did or I will. Wow. And he did. And he shut it down. Nice. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just got, I got fiery, bro. Yeah, I got, good. I got fired up. Good. Like, um, but yeah, so I knew it. Like, so now I look at those businesses. I tried to sell it on Empire Flippers recently, oh. like unsuccessfully. And then I, why, why didn't it go through? Uh, I think that it was like, it was being sold for like six figures, like three, three fifty. Okay. And, uh, I just didn't get a lot of bites. I think that these type of websites aren't as popular as like FBA stores nowadays yeah. on. And I think like if you put up a drop shipping site, that's like making a K or two and you sell it for 50 or 60, that's Easy, just, that sells fast. like in a minute. Yeah. This was kind of a little more specialized. Yeah. It was a two website deal. Yeah. It kind of would take, so, so I kind of, so the reason why I wanted to sell, cause I'm really focusing on building this other brand. I'm not okay. scared to like say we're like going into the meditation space, okay. uh, which you know of, I'm doing it with people that I love and I care about. It's oh. more like fun now. Yeah. So now I'm just looking at the dropshipping sites as like, if they go away, that's cool. They're just a fuel for my life and for the other business. Yeah, it's just paying off. How much are you making from the the, the dropshipping sites? I actually ran the number. So it's like uh, around 11 K a month. Nice. Dude. Net, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, so I'm still mo- like building. I'm still like building the like all that's mainly om- automated, but there is some other. There's I still work on it. Like let's not kid ourselves. I still yeah, w- definitely work on it. Uh, yeah, but the other stuff that I'm really passionate about is building the brand, and I think that's like a long term play yeah, for sure. I, I definitely see that. But you know what's funny is like I think everything that we do like business wise leads us to the next step, right? Absolutely. So even like the you know the stuff that you're selling on on like eBay, right? Like mm-hmm. even though your account got shut down. I'm assuming what that did was like you made a little bit of money from that, so it gave you the confidence. Well, did, did it? Or? Well, like you got to understand, like when that happened, like I was doing something I shouldn't have. I was selling things that weren't like real, and I was stupid. I was a kid, yeah. and um, it was only a couple things, and I was just like, yeah, I was just stupid, and like, yeah. But you know what? We all make like you know we all do things that. Especially when we're young, that like probably shouldn't be doing. I actually right? look at it like I actually look at like my sisters will always like joke like Felipe is like this sketchy dude who like makes money on the internet, yeah, right? Yeah. Like my life has been a progression of like going from like you know like like everything I do is like less sketchy. So like yeah. retail arbitrage is still like slightly sketchy in a way, yeah. cause it's, but it's not. It's like completely legal. Like everything is yeah. legal, but like then it's like building your own, uh, like selling other people's brands, yeah. and now I'm like finally like making a brand and i'm not just selling a throwaway product like i'm actually like we're we're selling products that help people meditate yeah so i like business and i wanted to get into meditation so i kind of like scratch two itches at the same time and i'm building it with people that i love and care about so it's kind of like in a city that i i just love so it's kind of like all four things are kind of like working harmoniously you know i love it but you know it's us learning and growing and maturing absolutely man and the thing is i mean we can like to shut down our past and say like oh i wish i never would have done that or it's embarrassing right like i got into online business because you know i I read the four hour work week because i I was reading self-help books yeah right and i never would have picked up a self-help book unless it was how to pick up girls Mm. because at the time when i was young and stupid i was like well like i was like yeah i don't care about investing or online business but i do want to learn how to pick up chicks right so i picked up a book and that but then you know, as embarrassing as that chapter in my life was, 
that led me to reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, which then which is the most important. I feel like yeah. that's. I feel like if anybody hasn't read that book, that's number one to yeah. read on the personal finance stuff. Yeah, and then that led me to Four Hour Work Week, and then that led me to all my business. And if it wasn't for that cheesy pickup artist book, The Game for, by Neil Strauss, which is actually a good book, but I wish I would have just read it as like a fiction book and not like right. I want to dedicate the next two two years of my life to learn magic tricks. So I can <laughs> You know, and it's embarrassing. That's, that shit still comes up now. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, like Johnny, you know, Johnny, didn't like, you know, didn't he used to like, you know, be part of that pickup community?" I'm like, "Yeah, I was ten years ago." Right. And it's embarrassing, and I wish that would never come up again. But at the same time, if it wasn't for that, would I've ever even walked into the self help section of the bookstore? No, I definitely wouldn't have. So what is this? So like you said, all these steps. Like what has been a recent step that has shifted you, or do you feel like? You're kind of just happy and comfortable now, like, and you're like super like stoked with your life or are you like, was there something recently that like, oh, I met this person that led me to this. Like what? I know that you and Sam, Sam, like have that invest like a boss uh, podcast. Like, was that a pivotal moment? Like huge. All these are moments, you know, and it all brought me to where I am today, which is going to bring me to where I'm going to be in the future. And I don't know where that's going to be, but you know, progressively I become, you know, just like less insecure in my own life. Yeah. You know, just more confident as a person also more authentic cool man and just like even things i don't know i mean even business-wise you know like i loved the fact that i made enough money through my job shipping stores to you know to ball out and live a good life in, in thailand right but i'm also glad that i sold the stores and moved on and then gone to investing right that's like your bread and butter right yeah you know and then like whatever whatever is next is going to be based off of every chain of events in the past you know and like just like it, with you yeah, like sure, you know, you it might be, you know, you might be like, oh, like I should probably so so have sold, you know, knockoff stuff on on eBay, but that taught yeah. you kind of the that was the first step. It was of a very baby operation, right? And yeah. if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have, maybe you would have never gone to re, like uh, retail arbitrage, right? And if it wasn't for that, maybe you wouldn't have gone to Anton's course, right? And if it wasn't for that, maybe you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now, right? So. I think all these these steps, as much as we were like, ah, I wish I wouldn't have done it, or you know, I wish like, or you know, this and that. As long as we're happy with who we are today and where we're going in the future, or at least if you're making progression towards, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, some people go like backwards, right? But I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, you, you gotta like. That's why I always want to, whether we agree on everything or not, man. I got to give credit where credit's due. Like, your journey was amazing, dude. Your journey was dope. Like, watching you come up. I remember, like, I, I remember watching. Like you getting into like a new apartment with a pool, with a pool, right? And I was like, damn. And I messaged you. I'm like, where's that apartment? And you were like, I don't say where my apartments are because it's just going to get too busy, but you can get it here. But it happened for me. Like uh, the the crazy, I think one of the craziest moments was I was, when I was sitting at home at my mom's house and I was watching, uh, I was watching this YouTube video of you and Anton giving like top five or top 10 business tips. And it was at the veranda hotel pool. And I was like, Again, like bringing this back to pools and water. Like if you, if anybody knows me, like I just love that. And I remember like seeing that pool. I'm like, is that real? That can't be real. And then that was like a memory in my mind that went away. And then I got to Chiang Mai and my friend Chris was like, yo, dude, we're going to this pool today. Like, do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. We get there and I, and you, you, you get out of this elevator, right? It's like a movie yeah. and it opens up and you see the mountain and the infinity pool. And I like had this moment. I was like, holy shit. This is the exact same yeah. place that I was dreaming yeah. about. So there's like some, that's some woo woo stuff. Like watch the things and like put the things in your mind that you want to see happen to you. Because in a weird way, like it happened to me, man. 
it's scary like to think about. So yeah, I got to give you credit where credit's due. Like much respect. I think your journey is amazing, bro. I appreciate that. You know, I got to give credit to everyone who's helped me on the way. Like if it wasn't for randomly meeting Anton online after reading the four hour work week, that's crazy. I never, and then having him hit me up in Chiang Mai saying, Hey, where's there a good gym in Chiang Mai? I've, you know, I see that you're like into fit, like fitness. Right. I never would have met up with him, had dinner, and then found out about dropshipping or found out his course. And if it wasn't for that, I never would have started making money online. I never would have like had enough money to, to you know, to, to sell a store and then to start investing. Like none of this would would happen. So I think that one of the reasons why I try to pay it forward so much and just try to like show my journey as much, it's because I know that I got really lucky. I know that I could have at any one of these points in my life, maybe I would have taken the left instead of a right, or maybe I. You know, wouldn't you know? Just wouldn't have met the people I did or did what I did. You know, maybe I, instead of picking up the four hour work week, I, I would have picked up some other book, and that would have taken me into a different path. You know, but that's just what that's like. What's scary about it? That's what I was talking about earlier about the luck. But I think like you literally have to like, if there's anything I could give, like a little bit of inspiration, like like from where I came, it's very unlikely. Like how I I never thought basically I would be here when when I started, and I think like the biggest the biggest, biggest thing was taking the leap and, and moving out here and like getting out of your comfort zone for sure. Because you say that, right? But like, oh, I never, I never would have met Anton. But if you would have never left, if you would have just hung out with all your friends back in San Francisco, right? Like most likely that nothing would have happened, right? You, But I think you were like went on chasing your dream and to be scuba diver, right? And stuff like that. So a Muay Thai or whatever. You have to go out there and like leave your comfort zone at some point. Like if there's one thing I could tell someone who's potentially like on the cusp of thinking about it, I mean, just, just do it, right? Just do it, guys. I love it. Uh, if you guys want to know the whole backstory on how I actually did it, I have a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. You can find it on Amazon or you can just Google it. That kind of really goes into the nitty-gritty of how I I got started the first time I moved to Thailand, uh, quitting my job, kind of like even just like the struggles of, of trying to make it out here for the first time. And then those four years of living as cheap as possible, scuba diving, doing Muay Thai. And then the second book is called Life Changes Quick. That talks about goal setting and how I got into dropshipping. Uh, actually, first started making money. Uh, the course that both Felipe and I took is uh, Anton's course. You can find that at AntonMethod.com. That's my link. You can also find it in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, dude, guys, come out to Thailand. Like, just make that move. Life Chain is Quick is like the best title of all time, by the way. Like, we we love that title, bro. I love that title. Oh, my favorite thing about it is that it's not even proper grammar. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like, we could just say that, like, bro, life changes quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good book to read, uh, especially if you're, if you're kind of like trying to figure out what your goals are. Cause it's really a goal setting book, you know. So a lot of people buy it in January for kind of um, like a New Year's goal goal setting, but really it's kind of like a good outline. And obviously, you could just read my blog or watch the YouTube channel, but I think when you read the books, it's, it's a lot more condensed and it's in the right chronological order. So it's kind of an easy way for you guys to kind of figure out, okay, like wherever you guys are now, what's the next step? Uh, Felipe, if people want to reach out to you or find you, like where do you hang out online? Uh, I don't really have anything. I don't have a website. They can follow me on Instagram at the Felipe Lobos. It's T-H-E-F-E-L-I-P-E-L-O-B-O-S. Uh, but there's no business stuff there. It's just my, my life. I love it. So it's private though. You got a request and I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and Felipe, I'm, I'm really, really proud that you came on. Uh, and I'm happy that you came on the show because yeah. I, I know a, f- a few years ago back yeah. in Colanta, yeah, definitely. you know, when you had just started being like successful, I was like, Oh yeah, like come on the show. It'd be great to, to, yeah. to have you on. And you were like, uh, 
Yeah. So basically what I, yeah, basically what happened was I, I had this huge, we were in Colanta and I had this huge sale. I think it was for like $3,000 and I was, I was scared that it was a fraud. So you helped me check it out. And then after that, it, everything was like free and clear. And I think I made like four or 500 bucks, which is awesome. Right. Like back then. And after an hour, you asked me like, do you want to be on my podcast? And like, I was in such scarcity back then, man. Like I've really grown a lot as a person, like really, really, really like I was in such scarcity that my mindset was like, well, I don't have a course. I don't have any affiliate links. I don't have anything to sell. So why would I go on there? Right. So the other day I saw Johnny and I was just thinking about it and I'm like, man, like I kind of regret it, not, not doing it back in the day, but maybe it's actually better now that we're doing it now because, uh, I, I'm no longer in that mindset. Right. So yeah, I just, again, like give credit where credit's due brother, for sure. Like I'm glad it kind of worked out like this because it kind of shows a progression and a growth. And, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to do, like moving forward in 2020. Yeah. So, I love that, man. And I'm really yeah. proud of you for Cheers. all that you've accomplished, not Thank only you. just for yourself, like financially, because, you know, you've started crushing oh. it. You have a great life, Thank but you, also bro. just how much you like learned and grown as a person, you know? Thanks, man. And, you know, the same, like I'm learning and growing all the time too. And I like, I used to have a scarcity mentality too. Hell yeah. You know? And I think it's the, what I love about this podcast is, like the percentage of people who come on who are just like you they're like like yeah like you know I have nothing to sell and still don't though you know <laughs> yeah and you're like I just you know I want to share this story to help inspire those so you know maybe they can come up themselves yeah I think it's really 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 cool like if if I could inspire one person that's pretty awesome so yeah reach out to me on Instagram um, and yeah let's talk yeah I love it so I hope you, if you guys enjoyed this episode please uh, review it on iTunes. Please tell your friends about it. Maybe screenshot it, post it on your Instagram story or your Snapchat or whatever. Just tell your friends, your family, whoever you think would benefit from, from this episode uh, about it. Share the link, Travel Like a Boss podcast. And Felipe, thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, buddy. And all of you listening, uh, I hope that this helped inspire you to get started with whatever your business is, move to Thailand or move to whatever your dream destination is, whether it's a place with a swimming pool, a private deserted island somewhere, or, you know, maybe it's in the middle of the, the desert in, uh, in Marrakesh. Definitely. All right. See you guys all next week. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.